we are live. All right. This is going to be the first inaugural episode of the Forever Unknown podcast. And today with me, I have a very special guest, a very close friend of mine who I've met for a couple of years now. Uh, he currently runs a franchise gym business by the name of Invincible Fitness and none other than Jaro Villarreal. What's welcome, up, man? Welcome to the pod, bro. Dude, what's up? How you doing? How you doing, bro? How was your New Year's? Oh, man, it was great. Yeah? It was great, man. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, it was amazing. You know, karaoke, hardly drank, which is, you know, um, but it was a lot of fun. It was it was a lot of fun saying karaoke almost all night, so... Dude, from the videos I saw, I didn't, I didn't think you, like, didn't drink. <laughs> from the videos you know, I saw. <laughs> it's crazy, man, because a lot of my friends were like, man, dude, you sound pretty good. I said, really? Like, yeah, man, you sound pretty good. I said, oh, well, I'm kind of surprised because I didn't have any alcohol in my system. So, you know, so, yeah, that, that's uh, that's definitely a victory. But, no, man, my, my New Year's was, was really good. Really good. How was yours? Uh, that's good. Uh, for the uh, To be honest, bro, I literally, I, as soon as 12 hit, I went to sleep. <laughs> Like, I didn't really do much, dude. I was so tired that day. I, I was just like, I'm, I, I was out of it. And I'm just like, I ran out of energy, bro, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, um, back to the um, your gym business. Um, I'm curious to see, um, I, want to, I want you to explain to the, to the audience uh, how, you, how you started. Because I remember back in high school, uh, we were both in cross country. That's how I met you. I remember you selling drinks to us after we were uh, working out. You want to be more specific on the drinks? Okay. <laughs> People think right. I'm selling like... <laughs> <laughs> right, you're right, you're right. Nah, it was more like uh, Herbalife. Like, what was it actually? Because I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. It was like Herbalife type drinks, like recovery drinks, or what, what, what were they? Because I, yeah, I personally uh, don't remember. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, a, um, it was the Herbalife uh, shakes that I was selling to my cross-country teammates. You know, because, you know, high school food is just just horrible. Yeah. You know, just horrible, you know, and... Um, I took I took running and, and, and being athletic very, very serious. And, you know, it's really hard to be at the top of your game when you're being fed poor nutrition. And so I spoke to our head coach and I was like, hey, you know, I have these supplements that, uh, I mean, I, I, I enjoy them. I like them. I think the guys will like them too. So, you know, what do you say if I can bring something for the guys? And, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's cool. So every morning I would take... A big duffel bag. I'm talking about like a huge duffel bag. I had like maybe ten different different flavors of smoothies. My blender. I had uh, I had some of the freshmen help me with uh, the water jugs. And so after our practice, our uh, after uh, our morning practice, while everybody was either showering or getting ready uh, to go to, to class, you know, I was making smoothies for the guys. You know, and um, I mean, before second, before third period hit, you know, I was making like 65, 80 bucks a Are you morning. Serious? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How much were they selling? Because uh, I, I was selling for like five bucks. For real? Yeah. Because I remember. So it was a pretty big cut, man. It was. It, it filled you up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I remember something about like 25 cents. I don't know if it was like a little drink like that, but a little small mm. drink. But I don't remember. I, don't I could know. be wrong. It's probably like, somebody else. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. 25 cents. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. I'm not selling nothing for 25 cents. <laughs> Okay, so did you at least have the cookies and cream flavor? Oh, dude. Okay, so okay, uh, so we're, I, was, I, I was I was okay. I just wanted to make sure because that was like my favorite drink to drink. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, like all the guys, they they enjoyed it. You know, they, they they enjoyed it, and I think it was one morning when when our when my coach saw me that I was dude. I had a line, like legit. I had a line of 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 my teammates during first period. Yeah, during first period, I had a line of my teammates like trying to order drinks for me <laughs> yeah yeah it was the coolest thing man. i was kind of disappointed when my coach said like hey you got to shut it down because mm-hmm. you know i can't get caught you know yeah. you selling smoothies at, you know on school property and i was like okay so i shut it down Dude. but it was but that was the grind you know that's 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 kind of how i started you know in selling you know i was selling i was selling weight loss uh, supplements to dude i was selling weight loss supplements to my friends clients that would buy weed from them <laughs> Yeah, it's the craziest <laughs> thing, man. It's the craziest thing because I, oh I would target them. I would target them. Like, hey, you know, because obviously, you know, when you smoke, you know, you get the munchies, right? You want to eat. And so uh, I would just go to them and say, hey, you know, I have these, uh, you know, I have these uh, nutritional you know, drinks. Yeah, like, you know, these supplements <laughs> yeah. that, you know, that can help you with weight loss, right? To control your diet and things like that. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was, I didn't really think about it at the time, but now looking back, you know, this is what, maybe six years ago, five mm-hmm. years ago. Um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty interesting. I was I, I would sell supplements to my teachers. 
I would sell smoothies to my teachers. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I had two gigs. You know, it was selling supplements at school, and then it was working um, outside of school. Uh, how old were you when you were doing this? I was 16. You were 16? Yeah. Okay, so you started your gym when you were 19, right? Correct? I was 19 when yeah. I started my gym. Mm-hmm. So how, did, how was that process? Like, what made you uh, want to get into the gym business? Um, well, what got me into the gym business initially was I actually stumbled upon a gym um, close, to my ho- uh, close to my house. And when I went inside of it, you know, I didn't really think much of it. You know, it was just like any other regular gym that I've ever, you know, that I've been to. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I met the owner of that of that location and I was intrigued by him. You know, he, at the time he had about nine locations. Uh, he was making over, you know, well over a million dollars a year. And I never met anyone that made that much money. You know, in my whole life, I always wanted to be rich. You know, I want everybody that I know to be rich, you know, because I'm not saying that, you know, being rich is, you know, fixes everything. And, but it, it just gives you a different quality of life, right? It, it, you know, if you want to buy your parents a house, you want to buy your parents a car, want to buy yourself a car, want to travel, want to, you know, get back to your church, want to get back to the community, you know, and just so many things that, you know, having money can do. And so I knew I wanted to be rich because I always wanted to contribute to others. You know, that's, that, that's to my core. And so when I met this guy and I, and I saw how much money he was making and I saw how successful he was, I just shadowed him. So I, I worked for him for close to 12 months for free. I didn't get paid. Um, I had to ask my parents for gas money, food, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I had to hustle, you know, by selling supplements and stuff like that to my friends uh, to make some extra cash so I can, you know, feed myself, put gas in my, in my truck and, and yeah, man, you know, as soon as he started seeing my skills, you know, developing as a as a as a salesman, you know, he had me traveling to multiple locations of his and I would basically help out the managers there, help out the trainers. And I was doing this at, you know, I was about 17 when I met him. So around 18, I was already doing this. Yeah, uh, that's a that's an interesting concept that not a lot of people actually understand the, the working for free part, because when you tell them, oh, I worked for free for a certain amount of time, they look at you kind of crazy. They're like, how can, how can you? How can you work for free for such a long time? Like, well, what's I the think, return on it? I think a lot of people, what they um, what they don't realize is that when you work for free and you're not really looking for anything in return, you automatically, and this is just my experience. I mean, it could be different for everyone, but this is just my experience. I wasn't in it for the money, even though I wanted to be rich, but I was in it because I wanted the knowledge. I wanted this guy's experience. I mean, he was in his, he was in his late 30s. I mean, I'm... I'm a teenager, you know, he has nine businesses that he has to take care of. I'm really a nobody to this guy, you know, so he didn't have to help me. He didn't have to, to, uh, you know, put me in a position to help out his managers or his trainers. So I put myself in that position, you know, because I wanted to contribute. I wanted to help, but I also wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I really, uh, the way how I, the way how I saw it was, it was more of a school. It was more of a college to me. You know, because I didn't go to college, you know, that right there was my college and he was my professor and I was just following him around. Yeah. yeah it's kind of similar to how I started uh, with uh, videography for me. Yeah, man. I, I love your story, how you started in videography, because you showed me a couple of videos of yours back in high school. <laughs> and now compared to the videos that you're doing now, it's just, it's crazy, dude. It's insane. It's it, like, it's insane growth, man. I, and honestly, Oscar, I got to say, man, I am so proud of you, dude. Appreciate that, uh, Because your skills have developed I mean, into just, you're just very, very creative. It's insane how creative you are behind the lens. Appreciate that, it's man. cool. Really yeah. cool to see. Uh, I started um, filming videos on a phone, on a Galaxy S5 to be exact, I remember. And the only reason I actually started filming was, actually, actually the first video I ever filmed was that me testing the the phone itself because the, the phone itself was supposedly um water resist or waterproof up to like 20 meters or something like that so the first thing i did was drop it in the water in the summer that's the first what? time i ch- yeah I'm, oh <laughs> I'm serious dude like i grabbed the phone and i want to see like okay let's see if this is real so i dipped it in the water and i was recording and i guess like i still have some of the clips on my phone mm-hmm. of, of like me just like going into the water and just like we're looking around. <laughs> wow. That was the first video I ever done. And then I realized that that phone actually did slow motion. And so that's when I first started um, exploring the, the slow motion aspect of videography. And I got so intrigued because slow motion gives you a different perspective that you don't see from normal life. So if you were to move around like this, like in like left to right motions, 
it seems pretty normal but when you do it in slow motion you get a lot more details and that's that to me like caught my attention i was like how many more details can i catch mm. so now um going into the 2015 uh, season what i did was i watched a video from a guy named chris that went to i, I believe Morton ranch high school and what he did was he recapped uh, his entire senior year into a whole like three minute video of the logic track uh mind of logic i think that's what it was called mm. um and then from there i uh, i was like let me try to do it but for like the cross country season so that's what i did and after i released it uh, i think to, to this day i think it's my most my most viewed video or second most viewed video i think it's over like 800 plus views right now and i saw that one as an instant hit i actually don't even know how like it got that much traction to be honest because i never i, I only told like two three people I was like, look, I dropped this video, go check it out. And then from there, spread like wildfire. Yeah. Yeah. And then... And that's how anything starts, man. Dude, yes. That's how anything starts. You know, it's, it's like a small little... It's a small little flame and, you know, the flame becomes into, you know, a forest fire, right? It's like a little spark. And so that's that's all you really need to start something is that spark. And and I heard this quote once and, and it goes, it's not about what started the fire. It's about what keeps the fire going. Right. So like what keeps the fire burning? So mm-hmm. like for an example, you know, if you if you set a car on fire, you know, in the middle of a field, right, and you go back a week later, is that car still gonna be on fire? Probably not. Right? Because it's all gonna be ash or it's gonna you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's not gonna keep burning. So what 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 would keep the fire burning? So that way when you come back a week later, you know, there's still flames inside of the car. Right. So it's about what keeps you fired up. You know, and you have to keep adding wood to that fire, to that dream, to that goal, to that vision, so you can keep it, so you can keep it alive. And that's what you did with every piece of gear that you buy. This is how I see it: with every piece of gear that you buy, if it's a tripod, if it's another lens, if it's an, if it's you know lighting, if it's this, it keeps the dream alive, it keeps the dream alive. And that's really what I saw when it came to fitness: was that I always knew I wanted to help people. You know, aside from me wanting to always want to be rich, I knew that I wanted to contribute and I wanted to help people and I needed a vehicle to be able to do that. When I say a vehicle, it's more of a, I need something that can help me get to that goal by helping somebody out. And so my vehicle was fitness. I chose fitness as my vehicle and how I can contribute and how I can help people. Now, when the business started to grow, I said, okay, how can I make this vehicle into a sports car? And so when I decided to go the franchising route by sharing my opportunities, sharing my concepts, sharing what it is that I do as a business with other people who also want to buy into a vehicle that can help others and also help themselves financially uh, and personally, it, it just it just all worked out together. Mm-hmm. Uh, adding to the to the fire quote, uh, this is a story you've I've never told you, but. I don't know if you knew, I entered, like, during my senior year of high school, I did a, a film competition for Aldine. My friend told me, like, two minutes before, I mean, two minutes, uh, two weeks before the deadline was. So, in my head, I was like, oh, this is going to be the first uh, film fest- uh, film festival Aldine does. Let me try to make a video for it. And there was only, like, I think it was, like, three different categories. I, I forgot what the categories was, but the one I did enter was documentary. But the criteria was you can only make it five minutes. So I was like, okay, so that that to me was a challenge because a documentary for me is a pretty pretty long video, right? So what I did was in two weeks, any time like during during class, I would ask for a break and then go meet up with some of like the cross country guys, and I would record like small interviews and stuff like that. Uh, after um, even after after we did the morning workouts, um, I would I would um take some um, on the side and start to interview them and just like basically um, put together a story because to me, the the cross country story of making an estate in 2015 was a pretty big deal for me, right? Because it was like, oh, I'm part of something that nobody else has done in what, what was it, 13 years? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, this is is incredible. So whenever the actual film festival came, I was like, Maybe I can make a story of how like how our brothership, our, our brotherhood, get, uh, keeps us going and pushes us forward. And from there on, I ended up 
winning the actual competition and i ended up getting like a laptop i think uh, i gave it away like a month later to one of my friends who needed one so but to me like just the joy of, of making that story out like possible was like super inspiring to me yeah so. and that's all we really need you know it's like um i think will smith says it, says it best he says if you get this brick your goal should be to lay this one brick as perfectly as you possibly can and then you grab another uh, brick and you do the same thing again and another one, same thing again and another one, same thing again. And I think a lot of people forget that is that to make a dream, to make a vision, to make a goal reality and, and real where you're actually living it, you got to start with a small little stone, small little bricks that you're laying, but you're trying to lay it as perfectly as you possibly can. And so that's what you did. And that's why you are where you are, because many years ago, that was your first brick, right? You're doing that video for Alding, you know? And then you buy the equipment, you buy the lighting, you buy the drones, right? That's laying your brick as perfectly as you possibly can. And I think a lot of people forget about that. I think a lot of people, what they think is that I want it now, right? Or I came up with this goal or this idea and I want to see it come to life tomorrow. And when the person doesn't put the bricks in order, doesn't put the bricks in line, and it all tumbles, you know, they ask themselves, okay, well, this wasn't for me. Let me try something else. And they do the same thing in the next field and the same thing in the next field. When, when you have to understand it's about, it's about laying a brick as perfectly as you possibly can and doing it again and again and again and again. Uh, let me ask you something. Uh, did you ever see yourself actually owning a gym business when you were growing up because like for me i didn't think i was gonna stick with videography right uh videography just like came to me i'm just like i'm very good at this so let me keep going <laughs> and it just happened because it wasn't like i didn't look up how to do some certain stuff i just saw a video of somebody that did it and i was like okay let me let me try it myself so to you did you ever see yourself um building this business that you own right now or um to be honest, no. You know, when, when I was a kid growing up and I would think about gyms or I would see gyms, I would always think of, man, it must be cool to actually own a gym. Like, that was my that was my, my thought. Whenever I would see a gym, whenever I would go into a gym, either with my parents or with my sisters, and I would see all the equipment, like, man, it must be really cool to own this. You know, the, the owner must be, you know, balling, right? <laughs> that was, yeah. my, that was my, my thoughts. But I never thought that I was going to get into fitness until... I met uh, my mentor, but when once I met my mentor and I got to see that it's possible, it's possible for not for, for it's possible for one person not only to own one location but to own nine. I mean, I got to see that at seventeen, and so when I got to see that with my own eyes and I got to actually see his locations, it just it just became real to me. It wasn't no longer an idea, an illusion. It was reality. It was something that I was living. It was something that I can actually go and I can actually see. I can see members with different faces at each location and say, wow, like all these people are paying this one guy to use his gym. And that to me was just amazing because he was also helping those people out. And so not only was not only did he have the the feeling of, of just feeling awesome for helping people, but he was also, you know, getting paid for it as well. Yeah. Uh, how important do you think having a mentor is growing up? Oh, it's very important. Very important. Very, very important because you have to, it's, you have to understand that I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to come up with a new wheel, right? The, the, the road's already been laid out. Franchise, like the franchising road has already been laid out and your industry with being a videographer and a photographer it's already been laid out. But when you follow somebody who's done it for such a long time, more than you more than you have, and they have all these experiences, they have all these ideas, things that they've done, things that they tried, things that failed, things that succeeded, and you get to and you get to get all the juice from that, you get to absorb all that information, it just helps you have a less rockier road. Not saying that your that your road is not going to be rocky because it will be for anyone in any industry. It doesn't matter what you're in, mentor or without a mentor, your road is going to be rocky. The point is, is like, how can I get to 
from point A to point B the quickest. Mm-hmm. And once you get to point B, how can I get to point C the quickest? And they just keep going. But having a mentor definitely definitely helps with that for sure. Yeah, like uh, after I graduated high school, um, uh, a dude that used to run in cross country back in the day before even we were in there uh, saw the video I did for the Alding Festival, and I was pretty surprised because I didn't even know who he was. But it turns out he was also a filmmaker, and then he also knew a guy who owned a studio, and then they invited me over to the, uh, to the studio, and they rewatched some of my footage that I released um, over the years, and they offered me a job. And then from there on, he, he was the one that showed me the ropes, and um, to him, I owe him a lot because um, uh, when I was with him, all, all I did was basically edit basic uh, wedding, um, wedding films. I mean, at first, it was kind of like, Okay, so this is a different style of vibe that I, I, I usually go for. But what he did teach me was the basics inside the editing softwares. And then from there on, I just started building on it. And so now, whenever I do do a project, to me, everything's so simple because he laid out what I needed to do first. And so every, that comes out super simple to me. And then to others, it may be super, you know, super difficult because they don't know how to start. So to me having him as my mentor really impacted my filming career at an early age. And I didn't even realize it until I actually started doing this on my own. And it was, it's a pretty crazy, pretty crazy way to think about it. Um, years later, because you look back and you're just like, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I'm at. It's crazy. It's a crazy, it's a crazy feeling. For sure. I mean, um, it's, 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 it's definitely one way to look at it, you know, um, to look at, you know, if it wasn't for this person, I wouldn't be where I'm at. But you also have to take responsibility for where you're at right now. Like even even though that he helped you, even though he guided you, even though he, you know, gave you information, he's not fully responsible for you being where you're at right now. You know, so even though I have I've had many mentors, many great mentors in my life, but I wouldn't say that they are all responsible for me being where I'm at today, because at the at the end of the day, it, it's all a, it's all a decision. I can give you advice. But just because I give you advice doesn't mean that you're going to take it, right? True. And so when they gave me the advice, I took it and I ran with it as fast as I possibly could, right? And so absolutely, you want to pay you know, tribute to the people who have mentored you, who have helped you. But you don't want to also say, because of this one person, I am where I am today. You know, you are where you are today because of your own hard work, of your patience, of your work ethic. Um, the things that you put in into your craft, that's why you are where you are, right? Uh, so it's just different ways on how you can phrase it, mm-hmm. but I do agree with you. Yeah. You know, that mentors, they, they do pay a a really high price, you know, in one's career, in one's journey, you know, and if it's being an artist, if it's being an entrepreneur, if it's being just really in any field, any field. Yeah. Uh, Cause like I recently saw some of his work, and I personally think I'm already ahead of his, like by by a lot. Yeah. But I mean, but I, it also has to do with like different styles. So, in videography, there's different styles you can shoot. So depending on what kind of person you are, this is the type of video that'll come out. Yeah. You know, the way how I now that I'm getting so much into music, and I'm also getting into more videography thanks to you. Because mm-hmm. I mean, yep. you're basically my mentor now <laughs> when it comes to videography. Uh, it's it's a new hobby that I'm just starting out to pick up. But the way I look at it is that with each artist, each each musician, even though you can play the same instrument as me, I can play it differently than you can. That is true. Just because I have the same camera as you, the same lens, the same gear, doesn't mean that you're going to capture the same things that I capture. And so that's what I find so intriguing about dreams and goals and visions is that is that you think that other people see what you see, but they don't. They don't. Only you see it, mm-hmm. but it's only up to you to bring it to life. Yeah, kind of like how you when you first started the the gym in Magnolia. I remember um, I didn't know you that well back then, but I did see the the work you were putting in, and I've seen where you started at first. And to be honest, dude, that's an incredible journey to to witness and to be here with you right now. It's it's pretty pretty insane. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, with the journey with with Magnolia, I mean that was that was very very hard, you know, because when I first, when I initially started my business, I still had a job, right? So when I when I when I when I, when I leased out the space to, to put a, to put my gym in, I still had a job. But once my 
bosses found out that I had a place leased, uh, they went ahead and let me go. And that and because of some other reasons. But the point was that I had no stability now. I had no job. I had a place leased out. I had a brand new car that I just purchased a couple months prior. And I only had about $2,500 in the bank. That's about it. That's all I had. And so, thankfully, because of my supportive family, my dad, you know, he helped me build out the location. And uh, early 2017, that's when we officially opened. And on my first day, I will never forget this. On my first day when we opened, nobody comes in. Nobody comes to my grand opening. Nobody comes into the, like into my into my gym. And I have my parents and I have my sister there. And I look at my sister and I tell her, what did I just do? Like, you know, and, this, and we were building for four months. So this mm-hmm. is a four-month process yeah. leading up to the grand opening. And I looked at her and I said, what did I just do? I, I told her, I am so crazy for doing this. What was I thinking? And because I have a great family and I'm so thankful for them that they were really able to make me realize, like, hey, this is what you signed up for. This is what you decided to do. And I said, you know what? You're right. I did sign up for this. I'm the one that decided to do this. I have to take full responsibility for what I decided to do. And after I snapped out of it, I got to work. I got to work. And and yeah, you know, 2018, by mid-2018, you know, I had enough finances to be able to fund a second location. And instead of going that route, I went into the franchising route. And so uh, around mid to end 2018, I signed all the paperwork to begin my franchising process. And by beginning of 2019, I sold my first franchise. That's wild, dude. Uh, what were some of the emotions you were going uh, that were going through your body when you first opened and you realized like nobody's oh, man. here? I've <laughs> in, in business, and I think any any and every entrepreneur listening to this can testify to this is that when you're in business, man, you really you honestly go through every emotion there is in the book. Every emotion, depression, anxiety, stress, happiness, excitement, gratitude, disappointment. I mean, there's so many emotions that one goes through. And I went through so many emotions. I mean, for the first year, year and couple months, I slept in my office, in my gym. Because at that time, I wasn't 24 hours. My gym wasn't 24 hours. It wasn't open 24 hours at that time. Wait, you were sleeping in your gym? When I was sleeping in my gym. Yeah, so I would wake up every morning at 5 in the morning. I would open my doors at 5.45, 5.30, 5.45, and I wouldn't close them until 9 o'clock at night. And so since I didn't have enough money to go out, you know, to restaurants, you know, I would buy me, like, loaves of bread. I'd buy me bags of Doritos, hot chips. Uh, I would buy me cheese. I would buy me ham. I would buy me avocados. <laughs> and I would make sandwiches. I mean, that was my, that was my, that was my food almost every day, almost every day. And uh, it was that, or it was uh, the maruchas, the the maruchas, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the oven was, yeah. Oh, you just the put it in the, the microwave. microwave, yeah. You know, two minutes <laughs> done, cool, let's yeah, do it, dude. And so that was, um, yeah, that was very, very hard. You know, that was very hard because at that point, you know, I lived an hour away, so my my house is about an hour away, which mm-hmm. is the reason why I would sleep in my gym because, you know, doing an hour to my gym and I were back home every single day when I'm closing at 9 p.m. and I open it at 5.45 in the morning, it was kind of pointless to go home and sleep for, what, four, six hours and then go back and do it again. And so I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to buy me an air mattress and I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, plant a tent right here and, <laughs> and do it. So that's what I did. Dude, that's crazy. Um, to be honest, I think when people think of the word entrepreneur, they think all this very glamorous lifestyle but then at the same time they don't see all the hardships and all the hard work that needs to go in to even achieve that type of lifestyle right so whenever people see you they're like oh look i built this this beautiful gym um we have uh, such and such amount of members here now but they don't realize how much work it actually took to put in and to be honest i don't think people people uh to me, I think people in this day and age say they're an entrepreneur just to show off in the gram, you know, show off in so- social media. But to be honest, like probably like 95% of them won't last in the entrepreneur actual space because of all the hardships that go into it. You know, being, in a, being an entrepreneur, it's, um, it's very challenging. And like it is in any career because being an entrepreneur is a career. 
being a musician is a career being being a videographer is a career being a dancer that's a career you know and each career is going to have its own hardships it just comes with the territory but i think that a lot of people who quote unquote give themselves the title entrepreneur um some it may be yes you know for the gram right for the glamour of yes i'm my own business i am i'm a hot shot right but i really do believe that when you decide to go into the industry of being an entrepreneur it it really takes a lot out of you emotionally mentally physically i mean it takes so much out of you because you're basically creating something from nothing from an idea that you had in your head i mean you're basically creating something that was in your mind that you thought was so cool that you thought was so interesting that you wanted to share it with other people and you wanted to market it, you wanted to sell it, you wanted to create a team around it, you wanted to develop a marketing program, you wanted to develop, a, you know, just so many different things that come with it. So being an entrepreneur and creating something from scratch, creating something from nothing. Nobody in my family owned gyms. Nobody in my family ever bought into a franchise. Nobody in my family has ever owned their own franchising company. So everything that I'm doing is from scratch. Everything. I was having this conversation earlier with my with my parents and my sisters and I told them I said I said what I want to do is I want this to be a family business. I want this to be something that I can pass on to my to future generations. Mm-hmm. You know, being a business, I I I heard this art, I I read this article a couple weeks back and it says that the average business the average business lasts one and a half generations. And that completely boggled me because I said, man, there's no way I'm going to be stressing or I'm going to having to go through all these different tasks and all these different problems and all these different these different things just for my business business to last a generation and a half. I said, no way, no way. And so by me going that route of being an entrepreneur, of wanting to give back to people, wanting to give back to myself, wanting to provide more for my family and for others. It's it's really allowed me to develop the the mindset of of contribution. Contribution. I mean that. I mean, being an entrepreneur and being a contributor, they go hand in hand, <laughs> hand in hand. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like I remember um, uh, when I uh, when I was uh, when I started following you on Instagram. Uh, like I said, I had like two hundred followers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Probably less. I don't know. I, I don't remember to be honest, <laughs> but I remember you posting like certain certain content that you would um, like try to like motivate people and stuff. And I I just thought to myself, I was like, I can help this dude because like I like how he, the the way he wants to the way he wants to do it, but I can like I can improve his stuff so much more. And that's when like when I first reached out to you, I was like, dude, I would I would I would love to start helping you out. And making videos for you because like I like the stuff you're doing, but I know I can make it better. And that's when I introduced myself to you officially because even in high school I really didn't really know you like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't until afterwards that we actually like started communicating more. And from there, I mean we've been working since t- September of 2019, I believe. Yeah. And ever since then we've been cranking out a lot a lot of stuff a lot of content a lot of stuff dude a lot of content a lot of a lot of a lot of uh pictures a lot of videos yeah a lot of content and and that's what i mean you know is that you never know who you're gonna be tomorrow you never know if you're gonna get that text message from that one person that can change everything for you that can help you with so many different things because now with you recording my content you know you you know you know us doing a lot of projects together now we get to now we get to display this on a much bigger screen mm-hmm. on a you know for a much bigger audience yeah right so whoever's listening to this if it's one person if it's 10 if it's a thousand if it's ten thousand if it's a million whoever is listening to this you know that's that's what it's all about is that when you first start you're not gonna have all the pieces in line mm-hmm. you're not gonna have all like you're not gonna have the full puzzle in front of you right yeah. I go back to laying that brick it's about laying each brick every single day as perfectly as you can. And when you do that and you repeat it again and again and again and again, the right people at the right time are going to come to you. You came to me at the right time when I need, when I needed you most. 
to pump out all this content, to get more marketing out there, right? And now here we are months later. Now we're doing the first podcast. The first podcast, official podcast. Yeah, the official podcast, you know. It's so crazy. It's, um, it's life. It's life, you know. Life, life has many, many peaks, many valleys, and everything in between. You know, so you just had to hold on as tight as you can and, and, <laughs> and, and go for the ride. Yeah, dude. Like, I remember because um, originally we weren't doing that much when I first started like shooting for you, uh, starting shooting for you. Sorry. But then came the spring location. And that's when it started catching fire. Really that's when quick. it blew up. Yeah, that's yeah. when you started growing quick, dude. Like I was in there when the just the steel frames were up at the inside of the gym, dude. And then uh i don't even know when we're gonna release that like like maybe like, oh, it's gotta be soon man yeah soon yeah, for sure because i have literally all the footage of the beginning of the gym to where it is now and then like the progress we've we've made there and it's 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 actually super super like inspiring to see dude because it's like you started from from not absolutely nothing and then now we have this gorgeous gym in spring and yeah, every, everybody loves it everybody loves it yeah everybody yeah I've, it. I've i've heard many just many positive things about that location. Um, and it makes me happy. It genuinely makes me so happy to hear comments, to, 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 to read comments, to, to hear people talking great things about it, saying that how much they love it. When, when I get tagged, you know, on it and people posting pictures and selfies about how much they enjoy it, uh, that this is the best gym in spring. We actually got voted best gym in spring, Texas. Oh, you, you serious? Is, yeah, which is pretty amazing. What? And so, because of all those things, you know, I mean, when I saw my first franchise, when I saw the franchise, I have to say this story, man. I got I to gotta go back to the story. Go for it. Go for it. So, I'm, I'm going to give the listeners dates, right? Because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really big on dates. Yeah. So, I know you are. So, I, so, I, could paint I, know a, you are. so I could paint a big picture, right? <laughs> so, January 2017, that's when I officially start the business. That's when I, that's when I start my business. But it wasn't until August 2017 when I went full scale with Invincible Fitness. By January, I want to say by by July of 2018, yeah, July 2018, that's when I just got the idea of franchising, franchising, franchising. Fran- it, it just it was just st- stuck in my head. It was, you know, build a second location or go the full route of, mm-hmm. of converting my business into, a, into an actual franchise business. My sister was going, my sister was in the Marines at the time. So I went to California to go visit her. And near her base was, um, it was, uh, it was Chino Hills, California. Chino Hills is like a small city in, in California. So yeah. the guy that I was following at the time, uh, he had this massive franchise business that was located, that was headquartered in Chino Hills. So I went to his facility to go check it out. And to my surprise, they gave me a tour inside of the entire facility. I mean, it was two floors, a sales staff of 60 people. I'm sorry, it was a it was it was about 60 something employees there. And everybody was just giant. Like, I mean, everybody was just working. You know, they they're giving me the tour, everybody's on the phone. You got the marketing department over there, you got you got uh sales department over here, you got I mean, content creators over here. I mean, it was just insane. It was just a massive operation. I mean, at the time they had about 800 locations. 800 locations. That's a lot. That's a lot. And so when I got to see it, again, I go back to that. When I got to see it with my own eyes and I got to see that this is actually real, that this is actually possible, like somebody can actually do this. When I got back to when I got back home to Houston, I told my parents, I'm franchising my business. I'm doing it. And so August 19th of 2018 on my 22nd birthday, I signed all the paperwork to begin the process of converting my business, my small business, into mm-hmm. a legit franchise business. Yeah. Now, at the time, I had enough money saved for it. At least I thought I did. <laughs> I had no idea how much it was really going to cost <laughs> me. I just, I, just, I just signed the paperwork, and they said, okay, give us the first check. And I said, okay. And then they kept asking for more checks and more checks and more checks. And obviously, you know, I wasn't bringing in that much, so my money was you know, going down pretty quick on yeah. my, on my, in my bank. And I said, Oh man, like I need another job. And so thankfully I had a member who was doing, who was in landscaping. A member of my gym was in landscaping mm-hmm. and he told me that he needed some help. And I said, Hey, I'm free. 
right? So I got somebody to manage the gym while I went to go work for this guy. And so every morning I got up at five in the morning, went to his to his uh to his shop at got there like around 5 45, 6 a.m. And by the time it was like 7 15, we're already at a at a house ready mm-hmm. to install uh sprinklers, right? We would do like the sprinklers, right? Yeah. You know, you know, like the sprinkler heads, mm-hmm. people's houses. So yeah, we would do that. And we would do four houses a day. I have never been that tired in my life. I mean, they were doing it like clockwork. I mean, quick. It was like finish the house, next. Finish the house, lunch. After lunch, it was like 30 minutes, like 15, 30 minutes. All right, next house. After we do that house, next house. You know, and, and I mean, I was with a shovel, you know, so I'm trenching, I'm trenching like 80 feet of, of I mean, almost a foot, almost a foot into the ground. I'm trenching, getting the dirt out so, so we can lay the pipe down. You know, by the end of the day, my hands are, are just bruised, busted. I mean, it was just insane. It was insane work. I remember this one time. I was at I was at uh, I was at a really really rich neighborhood. I remember that. And I'm looking at the house. I'm looking at my shovel. I'm looking at my boots. I'm looking at all the mud in my feet. And I'm telling myself like Gerardo, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? Like you're you're trenching. <laughs> like you're trenching, man. Right now, like what are you doing? And I remember telling myself, dude, it's all gonna work out. It's all gonna work out. It's all gonna work out. And I will repeat that. Again and again and again and again. It's all gonna work out. It's gonna work out. Later on, the guy that was that gave me the job, that gave me the the the, the gig, uh, Daniel, he said, "Hey, you ever thought about getting your license for this? And maybe we can get bigger jobs." And I said, "I'm all for it." He said, "Hey, talk to my talk to my buddy. You know, he used to be a licensed irrigator back in the day. Maybe he can give you some advice." I said, "Okay, cool." So I met him up at a restaurant, and we spoke. For the first like twenty minutes, we spoke Spanish. I had no idea this guy spoke English. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I said something in English because I, I couldn't pronounce something in Spanish. He's like, "You speak English?" And I was like, "You speak English?" Right? <laughs> it, was, it was the craziest thing. And it was like so, that one Spider-Man meme. Was like, "Oh, you know him?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we talked for a while, and then he he stopped me in mid conversation. He's like, "Man, I gotta ask you something." I said, "What's up?" He said, "Why why are you doing this?" I mean, you're young, you have papers, you speak English, why, 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 why do you need to trench? And I, I told him my reason why. I told him because I needed the money. And because I told him my story, and I, I gave him the whole story, he said, I want to go check it out. I want to go see it. I said, okay. He said, because you doing what you're doing right now, because you believe in this so much, I want to see it. And so he literally followed me to my gym right after that that uh, that lunch. He saw my gym. We were there for like 10 minutes. All right. He left. The next day, I'm at another house, again, trenching. In mm. this house, the day before, like, so the day before, it had rained. So the following day, I'm in mud. I mean, my boots, I mean, almost to my shins is in mud. And so he calls me up. I get my phone from my back pocket, right? And I see that it's him. I say, hey, what's up? He said, hey, um, hey, listen, man, I'm at your gym right now with my daughter. And, you know, she loves it. I love it. And I said, oh, that's great, man. And and then he said, listen, um, I'm in. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, dude, I, I'm in mud, okay? Yeah. I have a shovel in one hand. I got my phone in the other. I'm in mud. And I'm like, in what? Right? I'm like, I'm so confused. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I mean, I want to be your first franchisee. And dude, my heart sank. I mean, with, it sank with so much excitement. I just couldn't believe it. Dude, I, I couldn't stop smiling the whole entire day. <laughs> I couldn't stop smiling. And I told him, uh, I told him, man, that's great. You know, that that's amazing. Uh, let me go ahead and send you all the paperwork so you can go ahead and go over it, making sure that it's a good fit for you, right? I mean, I I got to know him a little bit more during that process, so I got to really, you know, see if he, if he was a good fit for my franchise as well, which, you know, which he was and it still is. And, you know, a couple weeks later, we meet up and he gives me the first check. You know, he leaves after he sends the paperwork. He had the first check in my hand. I got it in my hand. I'm looking at the check and I'm like, oh my God, I did it. I did it. 
I did it, man. I I, I did it, you mm-hmm. know, because I thought about it so much, man. Yeah. I thought about it so much, so much. I thought about doing it. And when I finally had that check in my hand, the next thought in my mind was like, okay, what's next? <laughs> like, 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 what do I do now? You know, I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. right? I've never sold a franchise before. I don't know anybody's ever sold a franchise before. I said, what do I do now? And so I had to figure it out. And I did. You know, and I didn't know anything about construction. I didn't know anything about plumbing. I didn't know anything about engineering or, or, or structural. I didn't know anything. About, I didn't know anything about that. So I had to learn everything as I went. Everything. And, and yeah, and here we are. You know, not even a year later, and it's it's fully built. It's opened. It's fully equipped with with our equipment that we distribute, that we build, that we manufacture. I mean, it's just it's incredible, man. It's incredible. Dude, it had honestly been such a crazy ride to even like witness that, because I remember how stressed you were in certain times and like how much stuff you had to get off your chest and like just I couldn't imagine the amount of pressure that's like in your head when all of this is going like going it's going through it it's just going through the motion it's just i just can't i just can't like fathom how much pressure that is on somebody yeah it was a it was definitely a lot of pressure for sure <laughs> because you know i mean when you're in franchising especially in franchising you know you're you're dealing with people's money mm-hmm. i mean this can be somebody's life savings it could be their 401k it could be equity that they've built in their homes it could be money that they've you know, either got because of a loved one because they, they passed away and they got, you know, a check from it, you know, uh, they got money from the insurance company from it. I mean, there's just so many different factors. And so franchising, you got to take it serious. I mean, you got to take it very, very serious. And when I decided to franchise, I was 22. When I became a legit franchise, uh, I'm sorry, a franchisor, I was 23. And being 23 and becoming a franchisor and somebody giving you a check to build a gym, it's like, okay, what do I do now, yeah. right? And so I had to figure it out. And so, yes, you know, it was definitely definitely a lot of pressure. But because of that pressure, right, like without pressure, there's no diamonds mm-hmm. is the, way I, is the yeah. way I think about it, right? So because I was, because I was, uh, because so much pressure was against me and because I didn't run away from it, if not, I ran towards it, you know, that's the reason why spring is where it's at right now with, with Invincible Fitness in spring, you know, it's one of the best gyms in all of Spring, Texas. And that, to me, is just incredible because we haven't even been open for a year. Not even half a year. And that, to me, is incredible. That's absolutely insane, man. But just to kind of, like, change the subject real yeah, quick. Yeah. I know you're big into F1, bro. But Dude. I'm also I also do know that you're big into boxing. Absolutely. So let's talk about that Ryan fight last night. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. That was an insane fight, dude. That was crazy. That was an insane fight. I got to tell you this, man. So I was at my house watching the fight, uh, Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell, right? And I had my parents with me. My sister was with me. And when, when Luke caught Ryan with that left hook and dropped him, dude, I got to my feet and I said, holy shit, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, nobody expected it. No, no, you know, Nobody sure. expected it. And, and, you know, Ryan, you know, dude, I mean, everybody knows Ryan, like everybody knows Ryan. I got to get my, I got to get my props to Ryan Garcia, man. Dude, that guy is a man. This guy, he this. has, he has, he has missiles as arms. <laughs> Legit. He has missiles as arms. I mean, they're just so fast. Very, very fast. So, and when, when, when Ryan got down and everybody was like, you know, I was honestly I was, everybody shocked. Everybody was stunned. I was shocked. I mean, he's never been dropped in his career. Mm-hmm. And he even said it post fight, right? He's like, "Man, I never been dropping my career. That was crazy." He was like, "Oh shit, I got dropped. <laughs> Let's <Yeah>. go." <laughs> and so, um, but man, you know, him getting back on his feet. And again, you can have all the mentors, you can have all the coaches, you can have all the greatest trainers. But at the end of the day, when you're in that ring, it's just you. It's just you, man. It is it's just, just you. you. And props to him for getting back up and you know getting back front and center in front of Luke and going at it. And he knocked him. I mean, he he. That body shot. That was the a ribs. nasty body shot. That was it was nobody, disgusting. I I saw a quote earlier with Luke. He said that I have never been hit so hard. Luke and, said and that. just to be in like keep it in perspective, Luke has fought with I believe Lomachenko, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, dude, Luke won uh, the 2012 gold. He won gold in the 2012 Olympics in London. And Ryan Garcia being 22, Luke being 33. 
right? Luke being, quote-unquote, in his prime of his career, and Ryan Garcia knocks him out with the left hook to the ribs on round seven, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Like, I remember the moment when I saw him get dropped because, like, at the time I was playing with my friends online, right? But I had my phone with me on the side, so I was I was basically watching instead of, instead of playing. And then I just hear, oh, Ryan Garcia. And I look down, and this dude is down. Like, his body's twisted. And I was like, oh, my God. This is going to be it. Yeah. Like, this is going to be it. But then, like, he get, he got up. And he was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And he came back, like, straight swinging at him. Like, yeah. As soon as he got dropped, he came back swinging. And I was like, okay, this this dude's a dog. Yeah. This this dude's going at it. He's I mean, you have to be, it. you know I mean? And, and, and think about Ryan Garcia, too. Like, think about all the pressure that was against him. You know, I mean, he has over 8 million followers on social, on what is it, on Instagram, I think. I think that's what they were saying. Uh, he has a couple million on TikTok, a couple million on, on other on other channels. And so, you know, he was telling the whole world that he was going to knock this guy out. And so him getting rocked and getting knocked down on the second round. I mean, you just imagine all that weight yeah. just kind of being just put on your shoulders. But um, I heard the... I heard the conversation that his his coach, which who's also who also happens to be Can, uh, Canelo's trainer, who told him was like, "You made a big mistake. You lowered that right hand, and that's the reason why he clipped you, because you lowered it. You got too cocky. You got too confident, and he dropped you. That's why, you know. And I think round six, I believe round six, beginning of round six, he just went at Luke. I mean, with straight missiles, man, just swinging, swinging, swinging that. Around mid round, you could see that Ryan was like just gasping for air. And by the time round seven came, I had a feeling that round seven was gonna be it. But I had no idea. I had no idea it was gonna be with the body shot. Absolutely. I thought it was gonna be a knockout, dude. It happened happened so fast, I almost didn't see it. Yeah, because I believe that it was it the previous round or two rounds before where Luke was on the ropes. Yeah, it was yeah, it was it was the fifth round. When it he was, was the, the fifth ropes. round, yeah, right. The bell saved him. Yeah, the bell saved him. I was like, dude, yeah. Probably added like ten seconds to that, he would have been knocked out. Yeah, no, Ryan Garcia, he's an animal, man. He's only twenty two, man. Twenty two years old. Twenty two years old. That's 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 incredible. You know, it's incredible. You know, he just has to. I mean, that's just. I think being a celebrity, especially at, at his status, I mean, because now he's he's pretty. Uh, well known now not only in the boxing world but even outside of the boxing world um he just has to be very very careful with the people that he surrounds himself with you know making sure that they're good you know influencers you know for him in his life and in his career that's why i give a lot of props to canelo because canelo has always been able to surround himself with great people yeah and that's the reason why even though he's in his mid-30s now i mean he's still top of his game he's pound for pound the best right now i believe in my opinion Pound for pound I saw a video right of him, man, dodging shots. Like, just... dude, his head game is so crazy. Like, I, I was watching that too. Whenever like they throw a jab, he just ducks right to the side of yeah. it and just like comes back with a counter pound. I was like, dude, that's that's a crazy fighter, right it's there. Insane. It's absolutely insane. You know. So, I mean, Ryan Garcia at the end of the at the end of the fight, he was calling out Tank Davis, which, man, honestly, he it, can't. No, I, 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 my, in my opinion, like, he can't take. This is just my opinion. This is my opinion. Like, I think that. With um, with Luke knocking knocking down Ryan on the second round with that shot, I think that really sets a huge red flag for him in his career because now every single boxer, I mean, this is just how I look at it because I mean, boxing is almost like playing chess in a way. Business is like playing chess, so you have to know what your opponent's weaknesses are, and. I tell you this, man. Every single fighter is going to study that fight. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because now, Ryan Garcia, now he's like the main ticket to wealth for for boxers. Mm -hmm. So now every boxer is going to want a piece of him. It's almost like Mayweather. Everybody wanted to fight Mayweather. Why? Because Not because they felt they could beat him, but because they wanted to get paid. Some of them, (laughs) yes. Absolutely. But majority of them, they wanted that, hey, I fought Mayweather. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I fought the I, I fought the best of the best, you know, of our generation. And so, right now, man, Ryan Garcia being twenty one and zero with what eighteen knockouts—that's insane. Yeah, and to, to switch uh, topics one last time, speaking of young guns, George Russell and Lando Norris in F one. Yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, I mean, I mean, a good portion of the field in F one—they're 
Very young, like very young. Like twenty years old, man. Like under, like underneath twenty-five years old. I'm pretty sure. Like imagine driving a supercar, a supercar, right? With twenty other drivers. I mean, you're talking about twenty of the best drivers on the planet driving an F1 car, and say you're twenty years old. You're twenty-one, like Lando, Lando Norris. I think he's twenty-one, right? I I believe he's twenty-one. Yes, twenty-one years old. Right, you're driving at over two hundred miles an hour with a supercar. That's insane. I mean, that's that. I mean, that's that is crazy to me, you know. But again, it comes from a repetition. Repetition. I mean, if he if he wasn't in go karting, he he would he definitely would not be in F one. I mean, he was in karting when he was a kid, as five six years old karting, and to see him now at twenty one being in an F one and he's had a couple podiums already. I mean, that to me is incredible. You know, I see that. I'm like, man, that's that's really cool. No envy, no jealousy, no nothing. I'm like, man, that's that is awesome. That is amazing. It's 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 super amazing to see that because, like you like you've told me before, only there's only a certain percent of human beings that are even able to achieve the F one seat. Out of the billions in the world, there's only like twenty drivers that can even like achieve that's it. that. Dude. Just twenty, and it's crazy. Just twenty. That's in, that's that's a whole different level of of driving. Oh yeah, and it's, I mean when you when. When you're hitting corners at 140, 160 miles an hour, that is fast. That is extremely fast. Could you fast. imagine the G-force on your body, bro, right now? Dude, I heard that they lose like 10 pounds a race. No way. Yeah. I've never heard that yeah. stat. Yeah, because of so much G-force. They lose they lose weight in the race. Yeah, because of all the G-force. I mean, you, you think about this. Think about... Um, I heard this interview once. I think this is like a like a it was an interview in London, and Lewis Hamilton was 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 the um, was the uh, was a guest, and Lewis said that you have to make weight to drive the car. That you got to be at a certain weight in kilos because that's what they use mm-hmm. kilos. We use pounds, right? You have to be at a certain weight to to be like to even be competitive in racing because if you weigh five pounds more than anybody else or 10 pounds more than anybody else that's more weight that your car has to drag just 10 pounds see i didn't even know that yeah and the thing is that he, he explained it when it comes to milliseconds it's not even seconds it's like it's like thousands of a second in difference and you already know that it, that's all it really takes is a thousands of a second to make a big difference from going from q2 to q3 to go into qualifying, I mean, it's just so many different factors, and so you have to make weight. That's that's why every F one driver that you see, they're all pretty light dudes. Like they're very very skinny, not scrawny, but they're skinny because you have to be at a certain weight. Dude, that's a stat I really did not know about yeah, that F one. I didn't know I didn't know about that in F one. It's crazy. Yeah, and you know, not just that. You just have to have. I mean, you just have to have incredible reflexes. I mean, incredible reflexes. I mean to. Um, I think I saw this. I forgot when. I forgot what race it was, but I think it was Charles. I think it was Charles, and I think he bumped into somebody else. But I think it was. Um, it wasn't Carlos Sainz. I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, Checo Perez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Checo Perez. Like I mean, he dodged Charles. I mean, like, I mean, they zoomed in. I mean, he barely missed him. Barely missed him. And I said, I mean, he was going like he was going over 100 miles an hour, and he. Barely missed him because he braked right on time. That to me was just incredible to see. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's, it's incredible reflex that you need to have to even to even be competitive in that field. So I mean, I, obviously, you know, you ask any kid that likes cars, hey, you want to be an F one driver? Absolutely, I want to be an F one driver. <laughs> but not everybody can do it. Yeah, not everybody can do it. Well, man, it was a it was a pretty good talk, to be honest, uh, for the first ever episode of the Forever Unknown podcast, and it was honestly a pleasure to have you. Uh, do you have any closing comments you want to tell the audience? Whatever your dream is, whatever it is that you want, that you see yourself doing, things that you envision yourself doing, things that you find interesting about yourself, things that you feel that you can contribute to the world. You have to understand that those are gifts. And with gifts, if you don't use them, you don't if you don't take advantage of those gifts that you have, they're going to be taken away from you and they're going to be given to someone else. And that's the way how you have to look at it. 
is whenever you see yourself having a skill set or a gift, as I say, that nobody else around you has, that you see things in a whole different perspective that nobody else sees like you, you have to put that into work. You have to. But it all goes back. You got to go back and lay each brick as perfectly as you possibly can to make this skill set, this gift, this vision, this idea, this goal, this masterpiece that you see in your head to make it real. It's those small little steps. Do not miss the small steps. Do not compare yourself to other people and their success. Do not compare your chapter two to somebody else's chapter 30 because guess what? They're on a whole different, they're on a whole different line than you are. Whole different line. And so what I want you to do is stay fast to your goal, stay fast to your dream, stay fast to your mission, stay fast to your vision, and just keep going. Keep going. Because I promise you this, five years from now, you're going to be able to look back and you're going to be able to think about all the things that you did and it's going to give you so much, just so much thrill and so much gratitude in, in the journey, but to know that you're just starting is even a better feeling. Well said, man. Well, cheers to the first. Dude, cheers, man. First, cheers. Actually, hold on. Let me, let me yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there you go. Dude, cheers to the first ever podcast uh, and to many more big things we're going to be doing this year together, man. Just... Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure, man. Hope you have a great rest of your night. <laughs>